The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Pop culture and conspiracies, I'd say for probably the past 50 years, have been pretty intertwined. But we're seeing an uptick. It used to just be, Paul is dead. And now it's stuff like music is signaling the end of the world. Are any of these conspiracies real? Is predictive programming actually true? And does Fortnite prepare us for the ultimate slaughter? Today on the pop culture special of Dead Rabbit Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. We got a lot to talk about, but I have to say this real quick, guys. This has been driving me up the wall for weeks now, and I really want to do the story, but I want to make sure the right person gets credit for it. Tokoloshis? Tikoloshis? This little African monster man who runs, he's like as high as your knee? is attacking a bunch of people in Africa. Who sent me that story? Someone sent me that story on YouTube. I have the note saying, request on YouTube. If you guys knew what it was like behind the scenes here, I think you guys would... Oh, jeez. I think you would probably think an AI must be running this show. The amount of... The volume of stuff I get and have to deal with. One-man show, remember? One-man show. Having to... to try to compile all of these stories and do all this research and record it and edit and all that stuff. It's quite crazy. And actually, the past two days, I just kind of sat on my chair. I was just kind of like, uh, I've been starving for two days. I've been so hungry. No matter what I eat, I'm so hungry. Um, but let's go ahead and get, if, if you're the guy who recommended on YouTube, the little, little African monster demon, Please hit me up. I'm gonna. I plan on running the story in a couple days. So if I don't hear anything, I got. I gotta get the story out because it's a really interesting one. But hopefully you'll be able to hit me up. Let's go ahead and talk about today's episode. Now today's episode actually re- is about two requests as well. Two stories that were requested recently. I want to. I have a lot of requests I need to get through. A lot of great. It's not like it's a chore. There are a lot of great requests out there. They just tend to take a little more time to research because you guys will have questions. You guys. Or a little more involved than, what happened when this UFO landed in Colbert County, Wisconsin? Like, you guys are like, hey, can you look into this issue? I'm like, yes, I can. Thank you for your request. So the first one we're going to look at, and it kind of falls into this pop culture theme. So Al Ucard, via Gmail, sent me a story request. He wanted me to look at something, basically. And he goes, here is... Madonna's final performance at the Eurovision 2019. It's like a game. It's like an American Idol, but it's every country in Europe or something. They send like, I guess I should have researched it a little more, but I guess every country sends some dude or some girl or whatever to one particular, it's it's a talent show. Let me just say that. It's a talent show involving different countries. It's the Olympics of talent show. So yes, I probably should have researched that. I'm aware of it in passing because every so often it's controversial. One year, Israel was about to win, and it was being like broadcast in Saudi Arabia or some other Middle Eastern country. 
And before they won, they just switched the show to something else. People were like, what? I guess Israel won because otherwise we would know who the winner was. But this year it was in Israel. This year, the closing act was Madonna, America's Sexiest Grandma. Now, Madonna, you know what's funny? I have a love-hate relationship. I have a more love relationship with Madonna. Her last couple albums haven't been that good. I did have to do a bunch of listening to music for this segment. And her new stuff's not bad. It's probably her best stuff since music, which I think was probably one of her best albums in a long time. But anyway, so she's doing this show. Now, Al Card says, I want you to take a look at this video. And thank you for the recommendation. I, I want you to take a look at this video. I want you to see all of the, like, Illuminati, Masonic. And I, I, he may not use those exact terms, but all of the subtext and all of the occultic symbols in this video. So I watched it, and, and this is the thing. We've done episodes on predictive programming, and that is the theory that the Illuminati or the powers that be or whatever controlling group you want to believe in is secretly leaving messages in the media to warn us, or it's part of their spiritual law. They have to show us what they're going to do before they do it, or it is some sort of hypersigil, hypersigil, where they're basically, it's part of their magic working. They have to show you the disasters that are about to come. Really, the only example that anyone can ever really point to in any of this is 9-11. They can go, look, here's a coloring book of Cookie Monster taking a bite out of the Twin Towers. Yes, that's an actual example people use. This happened in 1980. This book was published, or in the 80s. It was predictive programming. That's always what they go to back. That's what they always go back to. I never see predictive programming for, I don't know, the Hindenburg, or I never see predictive programming for the rise of Hitler, or predictive programming for Vietnam War. Like, in the 1940s, there weren't film reels about soldiers getting lost in the jungle and having to fight, like, their way out of the jungle. So, they always point to the most recognized symbol in New York City being destroyed somehow as predictive programming. When we've seen the White House blow up multiple times, we've seen the Statue of Liberty get vaporized or taken over by monkeys, we've seen the Golden Magneto rip the Golden Gate Bridge up, we've seen all that stuff, none of that's ever happened. But we keep seeing this particular ta- set of towers destroyed in New York, it must be the Illuminati warning us. So they always go back to that example. They're, they may be able to pick one or two other, be like, oh no, the bombing in Kuwait was also in this stupid Showtime movie where they blew up something in Kuwait. See, predicted, but so I'm kind of, that's always my feeling on predictive programming. But the question is this, Alucard sent me this video of the Eurovision thing and I watched it. Does it have Illuminati slash Masonic slash occultic symbols in it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would be a shill if I sat here and expected you not to watch the video and say, I don't know what he's talking about. This video is totally normal. Everything's on the up and up. Everything's fine. It is 100% chock full of Illuminati, Masonic, occultic symbolism. Now, like I said, I used to believe a lot more in this stuff than I do now. I'm far more skeptical about this stuff. But it does have images that you often see in these Types of occultic imagery. Checkered floors, white and black checkered floors. Pyramids, of course, are fairly popular. You make the pyramid sign, it's the Illuminati sign, so there's a lot of pyramids in it. There is a portion where the dancers are dancing around in gas masks, and then Madonna walks from one to another and is snapping their necks and killing them. At one point, she starts singing one of her new songs. It's actually kind of a cool jam. It's kind of like a reggae-inspired jam, but... 
The lyrics, the chorus is, not everyone's going to make it into the future. And while she's doing that, the Statue of Liberty is on flames and broken apart in the background. They have this huge projection screen. They keep projecting stuff on. Before that happens, they show just a bunch of people, like, screaming. It's <laughs> And you're thinking, this is a Madonna performance at a talent show? Yes. And that's why it sets people off. She actually shows up dressed up as a monk while other monks go, Madonna, Madonna. And actually creepier than that, and she shows up. She starts singing like a prayer, and then a bunch of people run out in gas masks, and she snaps all their necks. And she's doing this whole thing. The world's on fire, and then they just show cities in destruction. As she's singing this song, which is, again, a catchy little song. And then everyone jumps off a building, or the staircase, I guess is more literal. And two people have, which I personally thought was a, it was a controversial move, but it was sweet. The last two dancers, one of them has the Palestinian flag, one of them has the Israeli flag on their back. They're supposed to be, like, coming together, but if they don't work together, they also fall off of the sta- staircase as well. And then Madonna goes, wake up! And wake up appears on the big screen in the background. It's, it's, it's super bizarre, and you're watching it, and there's two ways to interpret it. One is, I have secret knowledge. I know what these symbols are, but all the sheeple in the audience there who are zombies to their iPhones and their Twitters and their Facebook, they don't understand the symbolism, but I do. It's the Illuminati warning me. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is this. First off, I can tell you, everyone in that theater who was not high thought that was a weird performance. Everyone, And this is the thing. I heard about it because it was so weird. I heard about it mostly because the Palestinian and Israeli flag moment. And people were like, why is she doing that? Why is she making this political? And at a certain point, it's not political. It's just kind of like, hey, let's kind of be nice to each other. Otherwise, we're all going to walk off the precipice together. The world will be destroyed in flames. If we don't start working together, and this is a good place to start since I'm in Israel. But the one way to look at it is that it's the predictive programming. It's the, it, it, and again, it is occultic symbolism. It is symbolism that is associated with the occult. You'd have to watch the video. I think I've given a pretty good example, but it is weird video. When's the last time you saw Madonna snap a bunch of people's necks? So the way, though, that I think it is... So, and I was actually thinking about this in the shower when I was thinking about this Madonna segment. The only time, and someone might be able to prove me wrong on this. Someone might be able to prove me wrong on this. But the only time we really see Illuminati symbolism in music is a new artist or an artist trying to make their comeback. That's it. You never see... Shania Twain in her fourth album start doing the Illuminati hand signal and we'll get to that in a second because you might be like well that's a different type of genre of music but we'll get to that in a second you never seen Celine Dion dancing around an occultic symbol you uh you know Tupac he his last album his last album recorded when he was alive was called the Illuminati, where he's like I'm gonna kill all the Illuminati and people have always thought that that may have gotten him killed but that may be an exception to that. And, but, you know, I don't want to get too off on the subject because I still got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. But rap music's association with the Illuminati is very, very long. You, we talked about this like in an early episode. Uh, in the black community, they are very, very into conspiracy theories. And obviously not all. I'm not trying to make a blanket statement. I guess that was a blanket statement. 
But when you listen, nowadays they're like, oh, XXXTentacion was sold, sold to soul to the devil and blah, 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 and all this Illuminati symbolism in these Kanye West videos. If you look at rap in the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s, you'll be listening to a, like a Dr. Dre song and he'll be like, what's his actual line? He talks about buying an island so the Illuminati can't find him. And it's like in track 10 of an Ice Cube album. And you're like, what? That was bizarre. And Tupac made a lot of references to the Illuminati on Kill Illuminati about how he's going to put holes in their body, stuff like that. Scarface, just on a random song, just was like, yeah, the Illuminati sucks. And you look, it's kind of steeped in that culture because they don't trust outsiders. And the Illuminati is the ultimate outsider. It's basically this group that's not only an outsider, but it's trying to control every element of their life. So you go back and you can listen to old rap music and you'll hear every so often, you'll hear an anti-Illuminati lyric. It's quite odd. Even when that terminology wasn't very pre-internet, they were talking about this. So it wasn't very well-known stuff in the general population. And you'd be like, who is the Illuminati and why does Dr. Dre trying to hide from him? Um, the movie Belly. The movie Belly, I think that came out in like 1999, 2000. It is a street thug, gritty crime drama, and in the last 20 minutes, the Illuminati shows up. It's super bizarre, and you're like, what is going on? It was directed by by the dude who did all of Puff Daddy's videos. It starred DMX and, what's his face, Nas, and Method Man's in it. And then, like, in the last 20 minutes, the Illuminati shows up. I think they say they're, like, the FBI or the CIA, but it's hinted they're, like, this global group. They want him to kill this black man. Out of the blue! The whole movie is like Goodfellas, and the last 20 minutes becomes a political thriller. Will or will not DMX kill this black man before the dawn of the new millennium? Is becoming the year 2000. It's super weird. And you're like, but in that culture, that's like, oh yeah, that, that could happen. Totally. It could totally happen. I'm watching, and I was intrigued because I followed all that Illuminati stuff. I was like, whoa, this is really cool. But I think the average moviegoer would be like, what? It would be like if you're watching the Bourne Supremacy, and then the last 20 minutes became a romantic comedy. It just totally shifts. And you're like, what is, what? I was watching this dude just like blow people away at dinner, and now he's like trying to save this. He was like this. It was so weird. But anyway, so... You have that, you have all that stuff. Where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so you have this symbolism and it's either in young new artists or artists trying to make a comeback. So the question you have to ask is one, either the theory is true in that the Illuminati control the music industry. They control every facet of it. They actually control every facet of life. If you say that is true, which a lot of people do, because they'll go, I was watching a video before I sat down to edit this. The song Let It Go on the Disney movie Frozen is an Illuminati occultic song. It's everywhere. They control Madonna. They control Frozen. They control these mumblecore rappers that are just coming up. They control everyone. Why isn't Garth Brooks in Illuminati symbolized videos? Why isn't Shania Twain? Why isn't Amy Grant? Why isn't Some 41? Why isn't Meatloaf? Why isn't every... And people could go, well, one of those examples has one of the... If the Illuminati's goal was to push this predictive programming and to put this symbolism, they would put it everywhere. Every song would have it. You wouldn't be able to avoid it. Because if you want to... They, a lot of times they talk about MK Ultra and stuff like that. If you want to do it, it has to be constant. If you're trying to 
split someone's personality or make the imagine there was a dictator who just popped up every five years and said do what i say you'd be like no because you know he's eventually going to disappear for another five years if in every music video there was a triangle in the background like hypnotoad you would always associate the triangle with a good feeling of listening to music therefore you would worship the triangle but it's not so Either if the Illuminati controls everything, it should be in every facet of every song ever, let alone all media. Predictive programming should have started with the very first silent film. It should have ended with just a triangle, some sort of occultic symbol. And then we would be so used to it that it would be the ultimate hyper sigil. But either they control all of music or my theory is this. Billy, what is it? Billy Eilish, Billy, Billy Eilish, Eilish. Billie Eilish, new artist. She started, maybe not totally new. She was 15. I had to do much research on her too because I was going to do a separate segment on her and this kind of all goes together. The Billie Eilish is a 17-year-old singer. She just came out with an album called uh, When We Sleep, Where Do We Go? Where Do We Go When We Sleep or whatever. Good music. I listened to it. Watched a bunch of her videos getting ready for this. Took a bunch of notes. Read a bunch of articles. She's a young girl, and the first time I ever heard of her was, oh my god, this girl's album is so creepy, should kids listen to it? It's a marketing gimmick. If she was Megan Trainer, it would one I would not heard of her at all. The only reason I know who Megan Trainer is is because I had I had a work where I worked only had a radio. And so I heard all about my bait, or what is it, all about the bass of a billion times to the point that i am almost like a pavlovian dog where if that song's playing i want to attack because this song i hate it i hate that song anyways all about the bass and what and i was like this poor when i heard that song i thought this poor girl no matter what she does for the rest of her life she'll always be the fat girl who sang the fat song it doesn't matter what else she does i remember thinking that and then her next album she, like, my man says no. I gotta say no. You know, gotta say no, 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 no. And I'm listening to that song, and I'm like, my prediction was correct. Because when I saw the video, she was wearing a corset to kind of, like, squeeze her in a bit. And she was doing this, like, Janet Jackson-type dance number, and I saw, oh my god, like, this is the problem. She made her first song about how being overweight and curvy was awesome. And that won't last long in the music industry. It just won't. And I was like, this poor girl, she's a chubby girl doing a song about how awesome it is to be chubby. And if she loses any weight or tries to change her body in any sort of way, it's a betrayal of what made her famous. Anyways, my point of that being that had I not, because I don't listen to the radio nowadays, I would have never, ever known who Billie Eilish was. I wouldn't have known if she was a model, because she's a model now. I wouldn't have known if she was just some Instagram influencer because she has like 6 million followers. I would have thought she was like a Logan Paul type character. I would have had no idea who she was. I would have seen her in an ad somewhere, but I would have never associated her with her music. I might have heard a clip of her song and never... But because her videos are so creepy and weird, they're basically short horror movies. Not incredibly good short horror movies. They're not like scary, but they're definitely disturbing. She has a song called Bury Your Friend, where she talks about deal with the devil. She talks where she's basically, the video is she's the monster under your bed. And we'll get back to that in a second. 
She has a video where she, there's just her singing and there's like a glass of black liquid in front of her and halfway through the song. Very minimalist videos a lot of times. Halfway through the video, she picks up the glass and she drinks the black liquid and then it begins pouring out of her eyelids and a very good special effect. And she continues to sing as her face is just becoming covered in this. A lot of times she has bloody noses, scraped up knees, stuff like that in this video. Good, And, and I do like the music. I do like the music. It's very catchy. It's kind of like this pop, syntho pop rap. She was ba- she's basically like Lord's daughter. And here's a conspiracy theory for you that I believe. There is no way Lord started off as a teenager. She was 28 if I'm 42. When I saw Lord, I was like, oh, cool. Some college graduates starting off her music career. And then people are like, this 17-year-old knows how to rock. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way she's 17. That's my conspiracy theory. And a lot of people believe that too. Lord is actually a lot older than she um, says she is. Because being young is more hip in music. And I guess there's an interview too where she was talking about, um, what's that movie Sofia Coppola did, uh, Virgin Suicides? And she goes, yeah, I loved that movie when I was a teenager. I mean, I still am a teenager. Like, that's an actual quote. And what's funny is I pretty much, I haven't looked at my notes a single time this episode. I'm actually surprised. I guess not having that much nicotine in me. It's actually improving my memory recall. But let me wrap this up. We're going to have to save the Fortnite thing for tomorrow. Sorry, Jean-Luc. He recommended this Fortnite story. We'll get to that tomorrow. But this is my ending here. This symbolism stuff is used for new artists and used for comeback artists. This Madonna performance, if she was just walking around on stage and it wasn't controversial at all, and it had like clips of her early videos or clips of like, it just had these hunky dudes dancing, nobody would have talked about it. Alucard never would have sent me the video. I never would have watched the video. They wouldn't have gotten those two additional hits. Plus the hundreds of thousands of hits, maybe millions of hits, of people who get the message in their email, look how weird this performance is. The articles the next day, look how groundbreaking and or weird this performance is. It's never people who are already established in their career. It's people looking to make a comeback. The one argument I'll say to that is Taylor Swift's Look What Me Made You Cut. Taylor Swift's Look What You Made Me Do video had elements of like her different personas and the white and black checkered floor and all that stuff. Fine. But to my, to my point, that was her first full pop album. That was her first album where she's like, I'm not doing country anymore. I'm going full whatever I'm doing now. Well, I don't even remember the name of that album, but... Oh, Reputation. Yeah, she's like, this is my first... There's no country stuff on this whatsoever. So her last album was kind of a mix. So again, it was a reinvention. It gave her a little... You know, made her a little more um, noticeable by having this symbolism in it. What do these symbols mean? Now, there's a lot of conspiracy theories, obviously, about... Uh, the Eurovision performance, that it is predictive programming for the end of the world. There's a lot of symbolism. There was an odd article I read on Vigilant Citizen. I could do 100 episodes on Vigilant Citizen, but Vigilant Citizen had an article about uh, Billie Eilish's song, Bury a Friend, or Bury Your Friend, whatever it was, that her and Tentacion were very good friends, and... In the video, there is a young black man with similar hair, I guess. I mean, I don't know. And Billie Eilish is the monster under his bed. And there's a theory that she 
is she sacrificed him for her own career. Like that was her soul sacrifice. Is the song about selling your soul? Absolutely. All of her songs, for the most part, I shouldn't say all of them, but a lot of the songs have self-harm in them, suicidal thoughts in them, uh, satanic imagery, demonic imagery. And you're like, Jason, if she's saying this stuff, then how can you just be like, ah, it's nothing. It's nothing. Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. It's, this is why, it's a genre I call kid sister music. Cause I, I have a kid sister. And when we were 12, well, she was 12, I was older, but when she was 12, you know, I've talked about this, the boo pill too. Chicks dig dark stuff. So it, it just is. You can listen to the episode on the boo pill. It's like a year, it seems like a thousand years ago I recorded that one. But chicks dig ghosts and darkness and scary stuff and all that stuff. Makes them feel alive. They love going to horror movies. They love getting scared. So my sister, she'd make her own Ouija boards. And she was like Wiccan. And she was like reading these books and drawing pentagrams and all this stuff. And if Billie Eilish existed when my sister, she's still alive. But if she existed when the 12-year-old version of my sister existed, she would have bought into it lock, stock, and barrel. She is a pop musician who they have packaged to be this dark, edgy kid. Now, I don't know if she packaged herself like that, or if her family packaged her like that, or the studio packaged her like that, or all together. But she, that's her packaging. Lord was like this young, rebellious, well, young. She was like this rebellious singer who wasn't going to play by the industry rules. And that was kind of her gimmick. Megan Trainer was the chubby chick. Like, that is how they packaged her. And look at this voluptuous young girl. Don't tell her she's not healthy. The problem is, is that it's you can't ever break out of those molds. And really, everyone has them for the most part. What's Maroon's 5 gimmick that they just record a different song? Each single sounds like a different band. But like Ace, like if you have a band that's, oh, we're a bunch of drinkers and we're partying and stuff like that. you If you ever go out of that, you fall out of favor for the most part. So I think they packaged her as this dark, edgy kid. And it will last for a couple years. I don't think you can pull off this type of thing for long. Your fan base will grow out of it. Eventually, they'll stop cutting themselves on their arms and go out and get married or go get jobs in a particular field or whatever. But I don't know how long this gimmick can actually last for her. But it it's working for her now. Because not only is it attracting a bunch of girls, a bunch of young girls who are like, look how different I am. I'm so rebellious. I'm rebellious, just like Billie Eilish. They're buying into the fashion and they're buying into the music. But also, it's weird enough to get normal people, well, I want to say I'm normal, but it's different enough to get people who normally wouldn't listen to that to go, oh, oh, this is a thing, and I'll check it out. And I checked it out, I'm like, ah, this is pretty decent. So, it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. I think that it's all a marketing gimmick. It is designed to get people to pay attention if Billie Eilish was just like Lord, I never would have, not only would I not have known who she was, if I found out who she was, I would have not listened to her music just out of principle because I dislike Lord's music. She's probably a lovely person, probably a lovely person, but I just didn't like it. I don't go for that, look how rebellious and cool I am. I don't like that. And what's funny is Billie Eilish's stuff is kind of the same thing but with a, a supernatural edge, it's just enough to kind of fool me into liking it. But it's still that kind of like, look how cool I am. <laughs> so the thing with predictive programming is, is we the world it has so many symbols in it. 
And so much content, entertainment content, literature content, scholarly content, whatever, that if you, it's like the Bible code. If you cross-reference any event, I believe if you cross-reference any event and then went through literature and made up your own code of what to look for, everything can be predicted. You could grab an encyclopedia from 1966 and find out who will win the World Series two years from now. The catch is you're going to have to wait until after the World Series from two years from now. But once you know the answer, you can then go back and look for the code that proves that answer right. I believe, I totally believe you can do that. The question is, is that is that what's going on here? Is there really a secret cabal that is going around Hollywood and these musical sets and talking to musicians and saying, I will make you famous if you let me hide a 10 triangles in your video. Madonna's like, done. Very unlikely. Very, very, very unlikely. I won't say it's absolutely impossible, but it's extremely unlikely. What I think is more likely is what I've, the argument I've stated the rest of this episode. And yeah, Fortnite will come tomorrow. I think that they're doing it to be edgy. However, however, I will give them this. I do find it a little odd that the edginess is so uniform. The edginess is steeped in occultic symbols. She could have been edgy. Billie Eilish could have been edgy by presenting herself as a firm Catholic. She's this rebellious teen, but all of her videos full of staunch family values. That would be edgy, especially today. That would be very controversial. Exact same songs, but in the videos, it's her her husband, and her kids having a happy life in this home together. It'd be very controversial, right? People would be like, what? Why is she promoting, like, father and a mother, and they have these kids, and they vote, and they... So. Could have been edgy in the sense that it wasn't supernatural edgy. It could have been edgy in the sense that it was, like, just violent. Her in a war uniform charging over a hill, shooting a bunch of people from a different nation. That would have been edgy. That would have been weird. Right? So you can do edgy multiple ways. Nirvana's edginess was, we're just not going to wash our clothes and we're going to like kind of sing into this mic and just play our guitars really weird. They didn't have any of this imagery. They were just, they were edgy because it was so different from what we've seen. So I do think it's weird that throughout the music industry, the edginess does seem to be uniform. It does seem to be my career's just starting off. Let's throw a couple triangles and one hand over my eye imagery. Or I need a career comeback. Let's just throw a couple triangles and one hand over my eye in, in imagery. Madonna has a patch now. That is weird. I will say this, though. Watching both the Billie Eilish's videos for this and watching the, even the Eurovision thing, they were creepy. They were disturbing. So either the edginess works or... There is some group behind the scenes. And not only are they all powerful, but they know how to make us squirm. And if they know how to scare us, know how to worry us, know how to make us go, oh, that's not right. If they can dig that deep into our soul already, if there's a war coming, they've already won. 
deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>